0: Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. 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 You're get bored by baseball. Okay, one thing
2: the game needs is more people like you. 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 You still have grown man run around tight pants.
0: It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob
2: Bradford. Baseball is not boring, and the perfect example of this is Upon Us, which is free agency, which is the heart of the offseason, which is the winter meetings right around the corner, which means a lot of signings, and we're just getting going here, but this week, this week, Thanksgiving week, we saw a little bit of what makes it so awesome, what makes it so exciting, which is The images, this Photoshop images of Aaron Judge in the Giants uniform. So why was Aaron Judge photoshopped in the Giants uniform? Well, because he's being recruited by the San Francisco Giants. And we know part of that recruitment, obviously, is uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry saying he's doing his part as a Red Sox fan to recruit Aaron Judge, a Bay Area guy, another Bay Area guy, to the Giants. So that's exactly what he's doing. So. It just reminded me of the art of recruiting, the 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 dynamic that comes with recruiting. And I think it's really, really interesting when it comes to major league free agency about how actually important this is. And you can go back to a lot of examples of guys being recruited and things that teams did to recruit them. Um, but is it worth it? Like, is it worth it? How what's the value of this besides the the show, the pomp, the circumstance, the the PR value of it. What is the value? It doesn't actually mean something. It, having someone walk in, having this multi million dollar guy, this guy who you know is going to get a lot of money, you know is probably going to come down to contract anyway. You put his name up on the Jumbotron. You you give him some gifts. You have some people call. You have some people swing by. You show them all the bells and whistles of your organization, Is it really worth it? Does it matter at the end of the day? Well, that's a question that I wanted to find, get to the bottom of a little bit. So in our conversation, in our holiday spectacular with Joe Kelly, uh, I asked him that. And so now, listen, Joe isn't at the level of Aaron Judge, as he points out. But he did go on one recruiting, sort of recruiting trip to the Dodgers Back after he left the Red Sox, and you know they showed him, you know what they saw in him, what they thought that he could do. Uh, he said that it lasted about three hours. Again, not a great, great example when it comes to the 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 shock and awe of the free agent recruiting trip that Aaron Judge went on. But he also has a lot of friends who've gone through this. He has a perspective of a major league player. So you know, I thought it would be interesting to talk to Joe about exactly how valuable this is. And then he gave a pretty interesting answer. And then after we listen to Joe talk about this uh, dynamic, I want you to listen to another conversation I had with John Lester. Now, Lester is another one who was recruited. He was recruited by the Giants. He was recruited by the Cubs. He was recruited by the Red Sox uh, back after the 2014 season when he was a free agent. So there's a ton of guys that we can give a lot of examples too a lot of differences in terms of contracts in terms of money in terms of all of that and also listen I mean as I point out at the end of the conversation with Joe you know the one part which you cannot compare I think if you have a guy coming over from Japan I think that the recruitment is a little bit different I mean when when they have to see what it's like to live in the United States that area of the United States every little bit counts going back, when the Red Sox thought they were going to have a chance with Shohei Otani, they made up uniforms of all their teams in the New England area, all the pro teams, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, and, of course, Red Sox with Otani on the back. Never got a chance to deliver it to them. But you get the idea. That is an example, a very, very small example of what teams will do, and I'm sure they did a lot of that stuff sort of with Judge and the Giants. All right, well, first we're going to talk to Joe Kelly about the art of recruiting. Is it actually worth it? Being recruited by a team. All right? I find this really interesting. And the reason I, as we sit here, immediately thought of you, I thought of that situation, was because Aaron Judge went to the Giants, went to San Francisco, you know, and now he's going to get the name up on the Jumbotron. He's going to, you know, get all the the bells and whistles. And you had that experience with the Dodgers, Right?
1: Correct? Uh, I mean, no. not the – no? You went to the I doc. mean, yes. I went to the Dodgers for like three hours, but that was just to like them to find out what kind of guy I was I think. Yeah, Aaron Judge well. is different. Everybody's trying to like sell him like, hey, look at how nice our stuff is. Look at how much money we'll give you. I've never had anything like that. That's like real recruiting. Like, hey, we'll give you this too. Mine was just like, My recruiting was, like, only one team, and it was like, hey, this is what we're going to do to make you better. This is what you do that's really good. Uh, This is why we'd like you to play here. Um, And then, you know, weeks, 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 weeks go by. It's like, and then you get an offer. Um, So I only had one experience, and that's just because I was local. Like, they would probably never do it. Like, if I was out of town, they're not going to fly me in. But that's still recruiting. I mean, yeah, it's
2: it's 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 not like… You didn't get like the you didn't get like the blue chips duffel bag of cash, but still, it's
1: yeah, it's yeah. Still- I guess it's recruiting, but I'm assuming like the judge thing, like when Harper was flying around, like that's real recruiting. Have you like, ever they talk to you out, put you in a nice hotel? Have you ever talked to anybody like about that, like like being recruited? No, I think it's kind of outdated and cheesy, honestly. Really, like that kind of recruiting, like that's what college kids like. Big leaguers are just like. Hey, is your team good? Hey, you have a good family. Hey, uh, is money the same as I'm gonna offer someone else? Unless you have a great offer, like that's not gonna change really anyone's mind. I don't think when you're that kind of free agent because you know what you're supposed to get. So it's like, hey, now show me what what other extracurricular things you guys have. Can I go take a? Can I, do you have like a? Do you have a nice bed? I can sleep somewhere. I don't know, just like little things. Because everyone everyone's gonna be similar with money for Aaron Judge type player. Well, there's nothing that they're gonna show you to be like, oh. Well, you know what another, I mean. There's no differences. Another part of it, though, is
2: is I think that, and I always bring this up with the John Lester situation. Like John Lester just want, wanted to stay in Boston. He gets traded the year that you get traded the Red Sox. He gets traded to yeah, Oakland, yeah. and then all of a sudden he sees, wait a second, there's a light. There's a world outside of here. It's like it's yeah. what probably Bogarts or these guys are going through now, which is yeah, it's it's nice to be wanted. Right, I mean, it's it's what and you've yeah, it, yeah. probably when you went from St. Louis to Boston, it was hey, you know what? This is there is a world outside this one world that
1: I know. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Like, uh, especially if you're a good ass player on a crappy team, and like you've been there for six years, you know, like where you get zero fans, like that free agency is probably wild. Like this is what real major league baseball looks like. You probably are like. Me, I got a chance to play for r- real major league baseball. looks like my whole career. So getting recruited, like if you were by a, a team that has a lot of money but has not been a perennial powerhouse, like their planes are going to be crappier, you know, their stuff's going to be outdated. Like like it's not like there's. you can't show me something that I haven't already came from, which is going to make me sell like a selling point. Like, ooh, I want to play here. But like if you came from like, I don't know, someone who's outdated, like the Pirates or something like that, and you went to a team that knows all this stuff, you're like, oh my God, I thought I was in the big leagues, but no, this is the actual big leagues. Like, you know, we got the best chef in the in the state. We got the best, you know, um, you know, training room in the state. Like everything's like, you know, nicer, bigger, better. Like that's something that would be a major factor. Like Aaron Judge came from the big leagues, the big leagues. Like, you know, the Yankees have the best food. They bring in like Brazilian steakhouses to come cut it on your plate. Like, so like there's no, there's nothing that a team's going to show them that Aaron Judge hasn't seen. So ultimately it's like, all right, well, what do you do for family? Um, what do you do to give me my alone time? Uh, can I not talk? Can I talk to less media here? You know, probably cause he's probably tired or sick of sick you know, being a microphone, you know, wherever you feel more comfortable. Um, what, what can you do for me on that aspect? Because money's gonna be the same, but you're not going to like have a bell and whistle. And be like, Oh, look what we have. This is new technology. He's like, I just had that. So his is definitely a lot different. Um, in that aspect, but you know, ultimately yeah. whatever you ask for, he'll get. Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, I, I, just find it.
2: And with it, I just have exa- and you're right because I look at it and and it's probably outdated.
1: I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Congratulations. It's definitely outdated. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's I mean, stupid. It's like, what? We're grown men. Like you can't like, Ooh, and me like I'm fucking an 18 year old kid. Like here, coach K I'm like, I'm coach K come play for me. And they're like, yeah, he's the, He's the man. He's the best I've ever seen. Like, yeah, that works. Hey, I'm Nick Saban. Come play for me. And kids are like shaking like, oh, yeah, my parents. Like, what are you trying to tell a a 30-year-old like that? He doesn't already know about this world. Like, that's almost like the recruiting might honestly hurt their chances, honestly, where they get to like talk to people and like have a conversation outside of baseball. It's like, hey, we got this. Like, you you come out of that meeting going like, these guys are fucking dorks. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and he's already got money so it's not like you're going to show like it's i would be skeptical on going on recruiting trips like i would if i was an organization be like hey we're known for being the best let's not even recruit that's it because you almost like desperate like get out of here like a desperate girlfriend like clingy uh, you don't you don't you don't think saying the boss uh, what, no you, know, you don't think that like so and so team uh, well matter of fact now we're talking about this recruiting's fucking whack oh good it's cheesy let's go it's corny okay i mean yeah. this let's go i'm fine like I mean, I haven't seen
2: you passionate about it at something like this since Taco Bell. No, let's recruiting,
1: go. Recruiting is definitely... I'm out. I'm off recruiting. You're off? Yeah. Talking. Nick Saban doesn't go to people's doors. You just want to go play for Nick Saban. Yeah, but they, he has his assistants go to people's doors. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you want to play for Alabama? Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, Aaron Judge doesn't need to be recruited. I'm trying to think of who you played with, like, teammates. And honestly, I wouldn't even want to go, like, take my time, waste my time. Like, why would I want to go around the holidays? Like, I got shit to do. Like, why would I want to fly all the way out there? Like, he, and I mean, Giants make sense because he's from there. But like, if you, like if you had to fly across somewhere, like, no, get out of here. I got kids. I guess he doesn't have kids. Right. I don't know. I'm off of it. No, I, I hear you. I mean, it's, I
2: will say this. It's different if you're like, you're coming from Japan. Yeah. So I guess I, so. I, I just want to put that asterisk up there, so it's but I, I agree I mean I agree I, as as someone who uh loved the art of recruiting for high school basketball um i I can tell you it's hey, listen, either you're good or you're not true all right, you can hear Joe sort of getting going, getting momentum in that, getting momentum in his thoughts, getting momentum in his uh, take, his opinion of it. And raises a lot of good points. I mean, th- th- we can't forget. This is usually going to come down to what is the best money? What is the best deal? And, you know, I think that yeah, our team's going to win all of that in the area. Obviously, with Aaron Judge, he's from that area, so it might mean something. That's why I think he the conversation's even open. All right, well, with John Lester, John Lester was an interesting case because John Lester was a guy who just wanted to stay with the Red Sox. And we all know sort of the Red Sox botched the negotiations, a a fact the owner five years later had actually admitted. So they botched the negotiations. They had the chance to keep him. But once he saw the outside world first with Oakland, then he he was open to listening to teams. Now, then you get into the recruiting of him. So you get into recruiting. As he points out, the Red Sox idea of recruiting him was – Sort of, you know, the sad trombone to be perfectly honest with you compared to some of these other teams, compared to what the Cubs ended up doing. Sometimes you have to hit the sweet spot. Now, we can't forget when it comes to Lester, much like all these other guys, he got a better deal with the Cubs. If it was the same as the Red Sox, probably would have stayed, probably wouldn't have went back to the Red Sox, but he didn't. But the Cubs, they not only put their best foot forward in return to the recruiting, but they put their best foot forward in terms of the money. But, you know, so I think that the, the biggest thing here is is after listening to Kelly, after listening to Lester, you're going to say recruiting, it's a nice complimentary thing, but it's not the be all end all. It's also when we hear about Steph Curry calling an Aaron Judge, you know, that's something. You go back to when the uh, Boston centric thing, the Celtics were recruiting Kevin Durant and they card out Tom Brady. All right, it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing, but he didn't go there. You know why? Because the deal wasn't as good. So anyway, I hope this offer sheds some light on the whole recruiting thing. I thought it was worth it. Keep subscribing. Keep rating. Keep leaving the nice reviews. But before you go, before you go, after the Kelly interview, after that conversation, and you can listen to the whole Joe Kelly holiday spectacular, of course, I want to give you this conversation I had with John Lester, not only regarding the recruiting, not only regarding changing teams, but also just the mindset of signing a deal with a team. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep him coming. All right, here's John Lester. Ask you straight out, back in 2013 when you win, did you feel like you were going to be a Red Sox for life?
0: I, I, I always thought that. Um, you know, even in 14, when when – you know, things kind of broke down in spring training, you know, I thought that, you know, something would happen to where we would just kind of magically work it out. Um, you know, and to be honest, like when I got traded out to Oakland, I thought, you know, okay, I'll just, you know, is a little vacation for two months and and I'll be right back uh, come the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely when, when you, when you sign a, you know, deal when you're young and then, you know, you have a chance to to get close to free agency, you know, it's not really something I wanted to do. Um, you know, like in 13, you know, I wanted them to pick up my option and, and we'll figure it out and, and, you know, kind of go from there and, and, you know, kind of just plan for me to just ride off in the sunset as a Red Sox in, in six years or five years or seven years, whatever deal we come up with. Um, but you know, and then, you you know, things happen, business, business happens and, you know, I got traded and and realized that you know I can do this in in another place and kind of opened my eyes to you know the opportunities that that were out there for me come free agency.
2: So, like you said, if you and you know, I I've, I've said this, but I, I believe it. I think it's true. If you don't go to Oakland, it's a different story when you
0: hit the off season, right? I mean, you you see you see that there's life outside Boston. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think if if you stay, if you st- stay with the Red Sox and then, and finish. And then, you know, you get into free agency. If that's all, you know, then you're, you're always going to kind of go back to that. Um, You know, not to say that the decision would have been any different. Um, Not to say that, you know, I would have come back as a Red Sox. I don't know, but, you know, going out there, like I said, definitely opens your mind and and opens your your eyes and, and ears to everything that that's going on. And, and, you know, a whole new philosophy, a whole new coaching staff, whole new everything. And, you know, like I said, you realize that you can, you can still perform when you're uncomfortable. Um, and you know, that, you know, definitely, I don't want to say helped me, but it, it kind of eased my mind going into free agency that if we did decide to go somewhere else, that I would be okay, or we would be okay doing it.
2: When you go to that off season heading after 2014 and, um, the Red Sox, obviously, they loop back. They show interest. They're in it, Um, and then they come the Cubs. I think the Giants were in it too, right? I mean, uh, but with the Red Sox, didn't you? Did you go to John Henry's house? Is that it? Do I remember that right? No, they they came here. Okay, that's right. Okay.
0: Yeah, the, it was it was John, Larry, Ben. Um, I'm missing somebody. I don't remember if Tom. I think Tom was here um that's a lot that's you know that's here they come yeah but what- yeah I mean it, it was it was like getting the band back together you know like it was everybody and <laughs> and you know it was a great meeting I mean it was it really was a great meeting and you know at that time there was still a lot of questions about you know where the Red Sox were going um you know coming off a losing season in 14 and so I mean it, it, it was interesting it was it was kind of kind of cool to see the other side, you know, you have conversations with those guys, you know, most of the time individually. Um, but they're not really like business conversations, you know, they're, they're, Hey, how's the family? How's, you know, this or whatever. So to actually sit down and and listen to them, you know, kind of do this business proposal, uh, per se was, I mean, it was interesting for me, you know, especially being, being there for so long and never really hearing that side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was a great meeting. Like I said, they were all great meetings that, that I had. Uh, the Giants guys were awesome. You know, when they came in, uh, Buster Posey came and, and his wife. And uh, that, was, that was awesome. Um, you know, it was, just a, it was a cool experience all the way around.
2: What was the uh, – I know that you, you were close with Theo and Jed. And, but was there, was there something besides relationships? Like, obviously, you said, like the Red Sox put it together a good – a presentation the giants do as well. And it's all good and well that you have this relationship with Theo and Jed, but was there something that like that sort of clicked with them besides the contract? Obviously they give you a good contract, but there was something that, like something that they said that was like, yeah, that's, that's the thing right there.
0: Well, so they were the only ones that we went to, like we went up to Chicago and, and saw, you know, the, the, the insides of Wrigley, they were doing some renovations and, uh, you know, saw their, saw their proposal as opposed to them bringing their proposal to me. So it was a little bit different. You know, I got to watch a lot of, you know, hype video on, you know, the Chris Bryant's and the hobby biases and the Schwarbers and, and so forth and all those young guys. And, you know, I think, I think if they come here, it's a, it's a whole different vibe than going there. Um, I think the biggest thing, there was two things that stood out to me and I've, I've mentioned this before, but one was, you know kind of Theo's cockiness about these young guys that they drafted and how they were going to come up and they were going to contribute and they were going to be you know this type of player and and whatever and then you know the other thing i always kept going back to is like well if if we go to chicago and we do this like we win we beat we we break the curse like that's you know that's like storybook ending stuff you know what i mean like that's crazy if we're able to do it so I always kept coming back to that. Like, I think I said yesterday, you know, I don't feel like I missed out on the Oh four. Cause I was nowhere close to being ready to be a big leaguer by any, any means. Um, but like, I feel like I missed out. You know what I mean? Like I've got to watch those guys mm-hmm. do that. And that was so cool. Cause being a part of the organization was awesome. And you got to experience that as a Red Sox, you know, per se, um, so I kept always coming back to that. I'm like, man, those guys got to do it. Like, I wonder, if, I wonder if we could do it. You know, I wonder if if I go there with all these young guys, you know, then having Riz and having other, you know, these other guys that are there and other moves that they had made. Like, I wonder if we could do it. So it always kind of came came back in my mind. Um, so those are probably the two things um, for me that that really kind of kept kept bringing my mind back to to the Cubs.
2: Huh. So looping back to the Red Sox, when those guys come to your house, um, what was their se- like? So they can't sell like, "Hey, you can win for the first time." You just won, right? Yeah, yeah. So what was their What and, you know, they're going to give you money? They're going to give you years. What was their selling? Was there anything unique about that you remember about their sort of proposal?
0: Well, I think you know they, they tried to they tried to use the you know the nostalgia of it. You know, being a Red Sox. You know, they're like even though it's for two months in Oakland, you're still be a Red Sox um you know they showed they had this book um that i think i still have somewhere that you know was all these pictures and and like kind of their breakdown and stuff and then at the end the last picture was my number up on the on the deal the Budweiser deck in, in right field you know being retired up there so you know that was cool you know cuz i never really thought about that um you know so that was unique you know it it's just, it's the comfort, you know, like I said, it's the nostalgia. It's the, you know, you want to come back. It's, it's the, I know where spring training is. I know, sorry. You know, I I know where everything's at. I know what I need to do. I know how to prepare the coaching staff is, is great or what, you know, medical, all that stuff. So there's a lot of comfort there. It's just, you know, just a matter of, do you want to stay comfortable or do you want to, um, you know, take a leap to the, to the unknown.
2: I want to come back to the – you signed an extension with the Red Sox. And, you know, I, and obviously because you like security, you you've like, this is a good good deal for me. I'm going to sign an extension. Pedroia did it. Euclid did it. I go down the list. Now, we, we talk about this all the, all the time, John, like with, with players. Now we're talking about with Devers. We talked about with Mookie. We talked about with Xander. Do you think the mindset of players have changed in that respect uh, in terms of, uh, and everyone looks at this different about, you know, teams coming in and say, hey, you want to get this extension? Like we talked with Beckett, right? Beckett, yeah. remember Beckett was like, hey, they came, walked out to me when I had a five ERA and said, do you want to sign an extension? Um, do you think this has changed in baseball? Because it seems like guys, more guys are sort of betting on themselves. Maybe I'm wrong,
0: but. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit has changed. I think the biggest thing that that I've noticed just over the years is these young guys are are so much more educated in the game, in their stats, what makes them good, what compares them to other guys that make X, you know, so like they know at year two what their projection level is, right? Like, I barely knew how the system worked when I got called up, you know what I mean? Like wait wait a second I don't I don't get a raise because I had a good year last year like I I still make big league minimum like that's what I meant you know so like you know I'm 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 being you know sarcastic with that but you these kids come in and like I said they know like they know their war they know their XFIP and what that actually means and their Sierra and all this other stuff so they know how to make themselves better and they know how to improve and they know okay, the team comes to me with a seven or let's just say a five-year deal with three team options that is only this AAV. Like, they look at that like, no, what are you doing? Like, that's not even close to what my value is. And, you know, I think they understand the free agent value and like being controllable value as well. Um, You know, you still have guys that sign deals, which I'm a big believer in if it's a fair deal. You know, like you can always look at guys that sign deals when they're young and go and and after the deals, you know, halfway through or three quarters of the way through, go, man, he signed a terrible deal because look, look how he played. Well, but also you got to look at it this way. Like, would he have played that well if he didn't have that security? Mm -hmm. You know, like like I, I use Anthony Rizzo as an example. Anthony Rizzo is a guy that that really likes stability, you know, so. He signs that extension with the Cubs when he's young. Now he can just go play. He doesn't have to worry about arbitration or, or anything like that. Or are the, they going to lock me up? Are they going to offer me this or whatever? He just goes and plays for six years or whatever. He's willing to give up, you know, a year or two of free agency for that comfort, comfortability. You know, like so. There's certain guys that that need it. There's certain guys that don't care. I mean, you look at like Pap. Pap, Pap was willing. Hey, I'm going year to year. I'm going to maximize everything I can, you know, like that's Pat. I couldn't do that. Like I, I, that's not my personality. I like the stability of it. So to go back to your question, I think not only are the agents educating players better. I think the players are educating themselves better and fair value. Um, you know, and I think still, there's some teams out there that try to um, to try to get guys you know, for really team friendly deals. And at the same, like, I don't argue with them for it. Like, why wouldn't you, like, why wouldn't you try to lock somebody up, like throw, you know, a few million dollars at them and go, Hey, you know, here's a little carrot you want it. Um, And if they say, yes, it's great for, it's great for both sides. I mean, you've just, you just set your family up for the rest of their lives, you you know, and, Now you can just go play and in a certain amount of time, hopefully you get another chance at an even bigger contract, you know? So um, I think that's the biggest thing is guys are just way more educated. You know, like you see it more guys, guys are just are crazy when it comes to, to all the stats and, and what they, what they need to do to, to be better at. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth podcast for you.